You're listening to the Maniverse Podcast, and this is session number 93. This is the podcast where we talk about the business of tabletop games and explore what it takes to make a local game store an elf business. That means easy, lucrative, and fun. We believe that by learning new skills and strategies, we can elevate the entire industry by making a greater impact on our local communities and creating profitable businesses that allow us to enjoy the hobbies and games that got us into the industry in the first place. If you want to fast track your game store success, then head over to maniversesaga.com forward slash join and become a member of the Maniverse Network. That's where you'll find a community of game store owners dedicated to building their businesses, as well as all the recordings from the 2020 LGS Success Summit and additional content only available to members of the network. My goal this year is to make the Maniverse Network the place to be for ambitious game store owners that want to grow their businesses, so to that end, I've got a number of exciting projects planned over the next 12 months, including the 2021 LGS Success Summit this summer. Go to maniversesaga.com forward slash join to become a member today. Today, we are chatting with Devin Chulik about Start Playing Games, an up-and-coming service that matches tabletop RPG gamers and game masters together to create amazing digital gaming experiences possible. I definitely recommend you check them out. You can find them at startplaying.games. Now let's jump into the episode. All right, everybody, welcome to another episode of the Maniverse Podcast. I'm your host, Tom Traplin, and I have with me today one Devin Chulik. So, quick intro for Devin, and then we'll bring him in, and we'll, uh, well, I'll let you, let you hear from him. Devin Chulik is the founder and CEO, COO, of Start Playing Games, a service that helps connect tabletop RPG gamers and professional game masters together to create amazing gaming experiences. Devin has been involved in the e-commerce industry for over a decade with a number of businesses under his belt. He enjoys reading, volleyball, pizza, and Dungeons & Dragons. And today, we're going to get to know Devin and how his latest project is bringing about the age of the professional game master. Welcome to the Manverse Podcast, Devin. Thank you for having me. Uh, this is so exciting. That was such a great introduction. Thank you so much. I've, I feel hyped on my own self now. That's what I was going for. I wanted um, to you know, bring in the hype yeah, train, yeah. get people pumped. <clears throat> well, I'm glad you can, uh, you can join me today. I'm really excited. I'm excited to discuss start playing games and, and really kind of explore what you're doing and what you're working on and how it functions and all the cool stuff that you got going on. Um, I mean, I, I, you know, uh, ever since I was young, um, like, uh, I, I, I've loved the idea of tabletop games in, in these, in these fictional worlds. It started, I was like six maybe. And my mother, uh, was a bookstore, um, like a bug. So anytime there was a bookstore, we were going into it. And I remember, um, seeing the cover of this book and it looked so cool. It was, I think, uh, I can't remember what the cover is now. I, I tried to like track down what these book series was called, but I couldn't, but it was a choose your own adventure style book. It was like this fantasy cover, but it had a dice rolling component. So it was a single player choose your own adventure dice rolling book. And I couldn't read a lot of it cause I was six, but she read it to me and let me roll the dice. And that was my first experience with tabletop games. And sitting with her at round table pizza, she, her reading what's happening and me rolling and feeling this overwhelming sense of, of excitement from this story was, was what got me hooked in, in these games. And ever since then, uh, you know, um, I, I've, I've had a huge, uh, part of my heart that's just enjoyed these types of games and, and how people connect with them. Um, but you know, over, over the past, uh, you know, um, 20 something years. Uh, I've just been working mostly in e-commerce spaces, but with a passion for tabletop. Um, 
And I started as a professional GM a couple of years ago because people kept asking me if I would run a game for them. And, uh, and people were like, oh, you should run a game for my office. We'd love to do this. And I was like, I don't know your coworkers. Um, you know, and I thought to myself, I wonder if people would pay for this if it was a, if it was a service that was paid for. And I, I just, I spent a weekend and I made a website and a week later I had, um, you know, my first handful of customers. It was really, really fast. Uh, and so that's, that's, that's kind of where things began with what, you know, uh, start playing is now was this, this kind of weird concept idea I had it is, do people want this? Is this a service people are looking for? It's funny how many businesses start out with that, right? You, know, you do something for free, you do something cause you like it. And then someone's like, Oh, you know, I, you know, like, can you do this for me? I'll yeah. probably pay you for this. And they're like, Oh, I didn't realize that's cool. Right. So uh, it, 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 it's funny. Go ahead. No, no, just the the origin story about finding the the book is like I I can remember that's I haven't thought about it for like twenty years, but like now that I recall finding a similar book at some point in like grade two or grade three, and having this it's, it's a little choose your own adventure story and it had the dice rolling component. And everything. Yeah, like, I remember this now. I think I remember how cool that was. I want to see oh, those come back. Those are the the because the, the choose your own adventure came back, but I don't think with the dice rolling component. But now there's so many solo RPGs out there. Um, <clears throat> that are, 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 are a ton of fun in, in like, uh, you know, uh, um, solo board games. I'm really glad to see those uh, come about. Me too. Me too. I think we're, uh, in many ways, we're in like a renaissance for board gaming and RPGs. That the, the growth of the, you know, the culture and the, the number of people involved and just the, the number of offerings that are out there. Right? I think the companies that are built around uh, these kinds of games has exploded over the past five years or so. And uh, hopefully it keeps going that way and we bring more people into the fold and, you know, make, uh, well, I want to say mainstream because yeah. there's nothing like, you know, outstream about the whole thing. But it's definitely entering the uh, the cultural zeitgeist and yeah. it's becoming more common for people to be involved in this kind of thing. And it's not like. Yeah, it's not as much as a fringe hobby, right? Um, you know, we're seeing just more people like I have leisure time and I want to uh, I want to spend it in a way that's rewarding and people that start learning about different board games and these mechanics and these types of play and, and tabletop games, they're like, wow. Uh, I always tell people the reason why tabletop games is so infectious to people and why people have such a connection to them is that you use your imagination heavily when role-playing games and tabletop games. We mostly, as adults, use our imagination when we're trying to solve a problem at work or we're reading a book. But rarely do we get to sit around with other people and use our imagination together. And that's something we normally haven't done since we were kids. And there's no reason we should have mm. stopped. Um, and that's why it's so rewarding. That's why when, after people play their first like, D&D game or Pathfinder or whatever, they leave with like, wow, this sense of like, that's a thing. This exists. It's like they can't believe that it's been hidden for them all this time. Why hadn't they done this earlier in their life? And... And I think and I think that's really important that people are now discovering that, and it's not as taboo. And I think that's a, a fantastic thing. And I, I really hope more people get to experience this. And it seems like this platform is making it more uh, more available to people who might not have the option, right? Because one of the biggest challenges, at least yeah. for me personally, because uh, my my game was magic. That was my like nerd hobby, right? When I uh, when I was growing up, and that's yeah. been part of well, who I was well, for a very okay, long well, wait, time. Okay, wait, wait. I gotta ask you. What color decks did you play? Mm. What's that? I started out playing white. That was like my my color. It was like okay. the white when I was a kid. Yeah. And that kind of 
slowly evolved into blue and red. That was kind of like the color identity that I worked worked around Ooh, for the most part. Okay, fat, fast and controlling. I like it. Yeah, I like combo. I liked weird stuff. Like I, I liked uh, you know, kind of manipulating the way the game was going and drawing a lot of cards, and that was yeah. always fun. Uh, but uh, yeah, it's I've dabbled in a lot of different play styles. Like I, I, I like yeah. to explore, especially since I've yeah. been been playing the game for so long. But with Magic, it's relatively easy to find a game. You know, you just need one other person to start up a, a game, and hopefully they've got yeah. a deck. And sometimes you can just give them an extra one that you've got, and you got something going on. Whereas with RPGs, it's a little bit harder to find a group of people who are, you know, compatible and willing to play and have the time and, like, all that other stuff, right? Like, it, it seems like there's a lot more setup. Yeah. So this service that you've got going on seems like it makes it a lot easier to kind of get that thing together. You don't necessarily yeah. need a personal group of friends that you know. Yeah, I mean, I think the the big thing is, like, onboarding is the big thing that keeps people from playing games. Um, you know, like, when, when you say, like, oh, let's play this board game, and you look at this rule book, and, you know, if you try to, like, show Gloomhaven to someone who isn't in board games, they're going to be turned off right away because it's like, oh, this seems like so much to learn. And people don't like to learn how to play a new game in the general sense. People like to play a new game. Um, and, and the onboarding is like the thing that blocks people in, in tabletop games do require a little bit of onboarding. Um, if you don't have anyone to show you, and that's why, like, I love playing board games mm -hmm. when they're like, someone's like, Oh, well, let me show you how this is played. I'm like, Oh, great. I don't have to read the book. You could just tell me. Um, yeah. cause I never read the rules of Monopoly when I was growing up. It was taught to me while playing. Um, and that's, and that's why like everyone knows how to play Monopoly. Cause like it was just taught to them easily. And the more ways that you could just be the teacher or have someone that can be your resource, that's why fifth edition is so big is because so many people know how to play it because onboarded so much because of the market share that Wizards owns. But <clears throat> because everyone knows it, it continues to grow because everyone could just teach other people to bring into it. Yeah, the organic growth is definitely a big uh, big advantage, especially for, for Dungeons & Dragons because it's been around for so long. So many people yeah. already understand at least the general concepts that it's pretty easy to bring someone into the fold when you've been doing it for years. Heard the initial hurdle of learning the game, the investment they have to put into to figure out the game, especially with a like as complex a game as a tabletop RTPG. Because you look at, you know, uh, somebody who's new to the to the hobby might just look at that stack of books and be like, nah, yeah. I have to read all this before I can even play. Yeah. Nah, I, I'll just go back to video games or something like that and just <laughs> Yeah. I've seen people online say like, well, how do I learn how to play uh DDs? Like, well, watch some actual plays um and then read the basic rules. And I'm like, you're asking someone so much to learn how to play this game. Uh um before so much to do prior to play. Um and what I've noticed is this, is as when I was professional game masters, I didn't teach anyone or tell them to read anything before we played. I gave them pre-generated characters, and I said, don't look at your sheet um, uh, yet. What I want you to do is I'm going to give you a set of scenarios. You're going to tell me how you'd like to approach them, and then I'll tell you where in your sheet there's a rule that applies to the action you want to take. Don't look at your sheet to figure out what to do. Just tell me what you want to do, and that's very inherent in role-playing games. And people clicked way faster. Like, what, I, can I just climb up? I'm like, yes, yes, yes. You have a skill. It's called athletics. What is the bonus to that? It's like the plus or minus number. They're like, oh, it's, it's five. I'm like, cool. So you're going to roll this 20-side die, and you're going to add five to it. I have a number you need to get higher than. They're like, well, what is it? It's like, you don't get to know. They're like, oh. And then they already understand this skill check challenge. And <clears throat> instead of, like, spend 30 hours watching an actual play um, it, to maybe get some of the rules, some actual plays are really great about teaching the rules as they're playing. But at the same time, like, 
that's a lot to ask someone to invest rather than like you sat down, we are playing right now. Um, <clears throat> and you're getting new. You didn't have to do any, and the idea is people didn't fall in love with it. And they're like, well, I want to know more. And that's the thing after they play, they start to consume more rules, more things, more memes, more, they, they begin to grow inside of it because they understand it now. And, and that's, that's what we try to do at start playing. We also want to do this for other game systems, because if I've always wanted to play blaze in the dark and I have the book and I have some friends I want to play, but I also like, ugh, I just don't have an extra five hours to like consume how to run this game really, really well. But I can find a GM who's been running it forever and they're like, yeah, I'll run it for your friends. And not only am I gonna like learn how the system works, I'm gonna see how another GM does it. I'm gonna be able to like run the game myself afterwards. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's, I'm, I'm sure a lot of people start out as players and then move on to the, the GM role, not usually stepping in as the, the master. First off, right, you kind of like learn the ropes, see how the style works and how you like to introduce the storyline and, and manage a group. And then you're like, okay, I'll give it a try. Yeah. It's kind of like they, uh, we, uh, we're the Bo- game masters of the Borg, and we're assimilating people as we go. And the more people that are exposed, the more game masters there are. We're... Yeah, yeah. It's, you know, like, here's the thing. We, there's always, like, there's the people that are inherently game masters. There's, like, people, like, when I played my first time, I was like, I want to do what this guy's doing. Like, I wanted to have the table and tell the story. Um, so, like, from, from my very first actual uh, play of D&D, like, when I was 12 at, a, at a, like, a local game store, I was like, the first book I bought was the Dungeon Master's Guide, not the Player's Handbook. Um, and, uh, and I was like, I want to run these stories. But other people get thrust into it. And then they also have like trouble with it because it's like, oh gosh, like no one else wanted to. And I agreed to do it because I want to play this with my friends. But like they feel overwhelmed by it. And, you know, sometimes like you would just want to play with your friends. And that's another reason like why we created this platform. It's like now you, you just get to be a player. Or the forever GMs who just have never gotten a chance to play and they don't have a GM in their circle. They don't have an e- a, a way to just like find a friend who's going to run the game. They could just like go onto our site and be like, oh, hey, there's a game happening tonight. There's a seat open in this one. I'll go make some new friends and, and go on this, you know, wild sheep adventure. Yeah. Okay. So let's dive into it. We're kind of getting, getting off into the weeds here. So what exactly is start playing games? Like, how does it work? How do people get involved? What does it facilitate? Like, well, let's just do yeah. the, the basic nuts and bolts. So... If you don't mind, I'd like to kind of start with like a story about why I created it um, uh, that leads into like what it, what, uh, what it solves. Um, when I was a professional GM, I had a client who every time his, him and his family came to California, they would hire me to run games for them. Um, he's actually now an investor in our company. But last time I was leaving, he was like, hey, do you know any game masters, like any professional game masters in Chicago? And <clears throat> having been to Chicago once and, you know, not... Um, having a network of game masters yet, uh, or like a resource to provide him. I was like, no, but I should. That it's weird that I don't, that I don't have someone to recommend you to. And so then I started thinking, I wanna build something that can solve this problem. Um, and I had some ideas, I didn't have it firm, but I just started like, you know, creating some like Facebook groups of like professional dungeon masters and game masters. And just to start building something, and I, and I started just collecting some email addresses saying like, I wanna build something, I'm going to, I don't know what it's going to be yet. My co-founder um, came to me with a idea to do something similar of Airbnb, but for games. And I had told him like, oh, I've actually been working on something very similar forever. I just couldn't get the right uh, idea off the ground. Um, and when we met, we clicked. We immediately like saw idea after idea after idea talking to each other. Our first phone call 
was like four hours long and we hadn't even met yet. He had just called me out of the blue because I was a professional dungeon master and he had some questions. And a week later, we're building the website together. Um, and we ended up building Start Playing as a, as a platform for GMs and players. And this platform, the idea is to solve, if you wanna find a game, cause you don't have a group, you can join a group. Um, there's tons of games that are happening every day that people just join and our, our mission is to create communities through play. And so people are like now creating these new friends from all over and you know find uh, looking for a game subreddits uh, and in uh, you know D Beyond forums and uh, like uh, Roll Twenties find a game. They all do the same thing we do, but we've tried to find a way to make it better for the user and the player because you know going to a forum is hard. You have to wait for a reply. You know sometimes it's just like. You're yelling out into the world and nothing happens. So we wanted to like take all of the experiences that people try to find a game and we want to make it really easy. We wanted it to, um, you know, I had a, a person that messaged in saying how stoked they were. They had plans on a Friday night that fell through and they messaged like, hey, you know, I love the site. My plans that I had on Friday night fell through um, and I was really bummed about it because I had nothing to do. And I thought, well... Uh, maybe I'll just go to start playing and find a game I could join tonight. And now he's been playing with those people for the past 10 weeks. And he said, it's just kind of crazy how he could just join a D&D game on a whim and now have like these friends that he plays with every week. And I love that. Yeah, no, that's fantastic. That's, that's like almost impossible in the real world. It's very challenging yeah. anyways, to just jump into a game like that. Right. And, and the thing is, it, you know, we, we, we try to be a service to GMs as well. Um, there's tons of professional GMs out there. There's tons of GMs that, you know, aren't looking to be run paid games. They just want to run games for people that want to play in them. And we have created a tool set for free and, and paid GMs um, that allows them to manage their games that they're running for people and schedule them and find the right players they want to play. Um, but GMs now have all these tools, like my players are automatically charged at the start of a session for a campaign. I don't have to chase anyone down if there is fraud. I have a company that's standing behind that's going to take care of me. Um, you know, we, we try to make sure that everyone is protected uh, uh, on our platform, you know. Um, and it's amazing that I've seen such little problems. The, the, the community that has, has embraced this um, has been incredibly uh, welcoming to each other. Um, you know, no, no huge, like, player issues that need to be remediated. No big GM uh, issues that need to be dealt with. Um, everyone that's opted in for this concept has been uh, nothing short of, of just amazing. That's exceptional in many ways, too, considering how many people that you've got on the platform so far and like the, the growth numbers, right? Like it's generally speaking, you get to a certain number of people, and then you, know, you start running into problems, yeah. just statistically speaking. Right. But uh, I have the intuitive sense that the RPG community as a whole is generally pretty positive and welcoming and like you kind of have to be if you're going to be playing in a, a group with other people yeah. in this this kind of a, an environment. So, and, and, and so we, that, we, that's really great to hear. And we can't ignore that there is like a vocal minority of, of people that like don't embrace these kind of things and, and don't embrace a lot of changes that we bring to the community. And that's and th that's not the case for the wider range of it. But I feel there are more people in the community that are welcoming and, and want to see uh, new people thrive inside of it than like a vocal minority that is, is uh, you know, sometimes more toxic. For sure, and I, I think it, I'll just kind of off the top of my head. I'm guessing that a lot of it has to do with the nature of the game itself versus other games. I 
dungeon master or dungeons and dragons uh, and tabletop rpgs are generally cooperative yeah so you kind of uh, you are incentivized to work together that's exactly. the whole point whereas other games where they're more competitive and you're it's a, it's a win-lose environment yeah. and you're trying to beat the other person it kind of fosters that uh that mentality of like well i can I'm gonna do what i need to do in order for the other person to lose so exactly yeah rather so maybe yeah, that's like, one of the do, reasons yeah let's do something together to win yeah yeah and that's that's definitely a good place to start off yeah. a, a relationship from. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Let's bring in the game store owners. So, like, if someone's a, a shop owner right now, they're listening to this conversation. They think, "Oh, this sounds really cool. What, what can I do yeah. with this? Like, you know, what kind of examples can they uh, can they see to, you know, how can they make use of the tool, the platform to like help their business?" Yeah. Uh, so I, I started talking to a bunch of game store owners, and they they were like, "We run virtual games." Um, but the thing is, it's hard because we have to spend a lot of time trying to get people into them. Um, uh, with our newsletter, people email, um, we have on our website and they don't have like a lot of easy tools to make a sign up. Here's the schedule. Here's what the game entails. And so they see more friction with their users. Um, and, uh, the idea is we have, you know, 2000 users coming to the site daily just because of all the performance marketing we're doing. So, uh, you know, uh, I, I forget the name of the store, but they're, uh, out in Tennessee and I, I had spoken to them. I was like, well, the idea is that if you already have your audience, you know, they're, they're, it's very easy for them to just, you know, jump on and join a game here. But you're going to get to find users from all over the country that are going to join your, your games as well. Um, and eventually when the pandemic's over, we have, you know, location-based game finder. So people can be like, oh, there's a, there's a game store near me. Uh, you know, and, uh, if they're already using our platform, they just want to go play in person. So it does offer, you know, eventually it will offer the idea of, you know, like in-store play um, one, once that opens up again. Uh, but the idea is like, you know, uh, there's so much that game stores are, are having to do all at the same time. Um, if we can create a, a one tool that makes their lives a little bit easier, uh, that's great. Love it. Love <laughs> it. So what do they need to get started? Like what kind of tools do they need to, to start a game yeah. or something like that? Um, well, they should, they should definitely just create a GM account on our platform um, or, or have their GMs that run their, their virtual games on our platform. They should also reach out to us because we have um, a kind of a, a little uh, user group of uh, game store owners that we are um, talking to about what tools we need to build in the future for them. Uh, the cool thing about us is we're a technology first company. Um, you know, my co-founder is like Facebook, Google, uh, Goldman Sachs. He's just like been everywhere. He's a, a data scientist, uh, a great engineer. Um, our, our CTO, uh, the same. Um, I, I've been in product for e-commerce forever. So both of us, um, or all, all three of us, uh, as far as our leadership, we, we want to make tools that work for our users. And so we're, we're not done. Like our site is in the first 5% of what we want it to be. Um, and that what it, what, what it will become is going to continue to grow, but there's so much that we want to do. And, and so we're working with our users to like make those tools. So like talking to other game store owners that have joined our platform and running games on it, we're going to say like, okay, well, what are you running into? What's going to make things easier? Like, what can we build next that can, that can facilitate, uh, more people getting a chance to play and, and you having to invest less time to succeed. Um, but yeah, so <laughs> that's, that's fantastic. I love that. Yeah. So create an account, become a, a game master, have your game masters get on there. Um, you know, we, we have tons of tools, tons of support. Uh, if you, if you, uh, you know, you have questions and of course, like email me so I can welcome you and see like, you know, get, get you away with our users and, and figure out what tools we need to build in the future for, for you as you're using the platform. But it's, um, you know, you could create, uh, jo join, create a game and, uh, enlist it. 
uh, in a day. Um, it, it doesn't take a lot of uh, uh, effort. Uh, it's a little tedious at first if you're brand new to it, but now our GMs are like, you know, they're, they're flying through it. How do you know what game to run? Um, well, you kind of run the games that you want. Uh, we have a lot of cool publishers that are on our platform that are running their own games. They have like GM, like ninth level games, they, uh, which they do like the Excellence and Business Wizards, uh, incredibly fun um, company. And they, they do these very light RPGs. But they just had the GMs that are part of their community start running games for free because they wanted more people to play their games. And, and now their games are, you know, they're some, uh, the most popular of our, of our like indie games. Um, you know, uh, people like World Twenty, they want to see games like Burn Bright being played more. There, there's a lot of um, you know, people that if you want to see a game get played, you should list it. Um, we have a couple paths to success on our FAQ. They're like how to best list a game, how to best attract users for a game. But because we have so many people just coming to the site all the time, they're like I want to play a game on Tuesday night. And they just kind of see what's available. And like, you know what? I'll try this new indie game or I'll try this game. Or like, oh, I've actually always wanted to play Blades in the Dark. Here's a game. I can finally do it. And, and, that, and that's, you know, what, what it really boils down to. Um, you know, some people already have a huge Pathfinder audience and they want to just run Pathfinder, but they want to get new players as well. And, you know, if, if you're doing that, you'll find the new Pathfinder audience as well. So it sounds like you've got enough people coming in on a regular basis that uh, like the demand is so high that you can just put something up and there's a good chance that uh, you'll find an audience for it. Yeah. I mean, there, there are some things that we say, like, you know, have a, have a good image of, of your game of the game master. Um, you know, like uh, we, what we've noticed is like people want to play with a human. Um, so usually like logos uh, for game masters, when they see like who this is, don't get as many clicks as faces. Um, and you know uh, the, the, the kind of shaky selfie, doesn't get as many clicks as faces either but we, we've seen like some users do uh, like well here's a dark photo and here's a, a, a very clear photo and we notice that like people just want to play with other people and so when you could show them like hey i'm just another i'm just another person that loves to play games like you people feel at ease and they are really attracted to those um you know people are are, are also of course like dd's you know is you know by a landslide is very very popular on a platform but um that won't always be the case. I mean, we've seen indie games that weren't even on our platform begin to rise because the people started offering them and people like, this looks fun. I'm really excited to kind of see where this goes in the future and what you've got planned. And like you said, you're just kind of getting things started. So, so what do, like, can you give us some hints as to what's coming down the pipe? Like what's going on? Oh my gosh. So many cool things. Okay. So, uh, we want to make it, uh, very easy, uh, for, um, uh, like LFGs, um, uh, friendly uh, local game stores, um, if they are on a platform, one of the things we're looking at is the, um, the thanks for playing uh, a custom email that uh, customers get, which is like, thank you for playing. You played with in this game store that could actually take people to either their online store or take them to their, their uh, you know, in-store location or anything that could actually just also promote the store. We're also looking at building just like a crazy amount of tools for game masters to manage I mean, we have game masters that are running. Um, one of them is running nine games a week now on the platform. Nine paid games a week. Um, so we are we are making tools that will make it better to manage users um, and handouts and lore and like how you prep for a game. Right now we have a great prep system. You join a game if there's prep already involved, the user gets an email. But there's just a lot of like uh, uh, boons that we're going to make to the core product along with partnerships. There's a lot of publishers out there that want to work with these game masters and want to work on our platform. 
Um, and we think that's also going to be a valuable way for you know game stores to get more involved with publishers. Um, we're hopefully going to be doing something with Free RPG Day as the place for virtual play uh, on Free RPG Day. Um, some other things that we're looking into is you know actual conventions. Um, we ran our first virtual convention with Take This, which is a wonderful charity that focuses on mental health and gaming. Uh, you know, it's okay not to be okay. Um, and uh, we, we ran their fundraiser. And so anyone that signed up for a game, that money actually went to Take This. Um, and we saw so many people come and play these games. And now we're talking with some you know, uh, uh, other wonderful um, uh, nonprofit organizations that want to get involved as well in kind of like a Tiltify vibe way. Um, but we're also seeing some organized play uh, communities that are like, hey, we'd like to use this for um, gaming. So we're seeing all these people that want to use the platform because it's so much more welcoming to players. And, and that's, that's our goal is like, you know, a tool that makes things easy for GMs, but something that also like it, it's, it's designed in a way that players feel like, oh, this is, this is great. This is exactly what I've been looking for this whole time um, and doesn't have a, a steep learning curve for them to just join a game. Definitely. Yeah. Bringing both sides of the coin together. Yeah. That's the challenge. And if you can make it good for the players and you can make it good for the GMs at the same time, I think you got a winner. What are right. going on? It, it's, uh, I'll tell you, it, when I get those messages from a game master saying like, hey, I can't believe, you know, one of our game masters have been furloughed from their job uh, because of the pandemic. And they are now subsidizing a lot of uh, what they lost in the fact that now they can do this. And they're like, yeah, you know, um, I'm not making as much, but I now feel like when I go back to my job, I'm, you know, I'm not doing, you know, some part-time job that's putting me in, in as a, on a frontline worker or an essential worker, but I'm able to do something I love and I could pay my bills. And that is just such a, a, uh, a strong feeling to hear that. We have a teacher. He used to be a fifth grade teacher. And now he is a full-time game master. He makes more now than he, when he was a teacher. And that trend's only going to continue, most likely. Yeah. As the platform grows and more people kind of get the experience and you get more game masters on the platform who run quality events and, and quality sessions, yeah. you're only going to see more people take it up as a like an actual full-time profession, right. which is pretty crazy yeah. to, to, to think of. Like that, I wouldn't have imagined that have been the case even two years ago. And, and, the, and there's so many different types of, of GMs out there. And the idea is like making it easy for people to find those – GMs they want you know there's you know uh, sometimes people are like I, I don't really care about uh, maps I'm a, a theater of the mind GM and being able to like pair people with the right game master um, uh, in the, the the right type of players um, kind of based off of like what do people enjoy what do they, what games do they rate really really well and have a great time with and and all these things that all kind of factor in and use a little bit of AI machine learning to start generating you know, the best games recommended for them that we think they're going to have a good time with, but also make it really easy to bubble up these other game masters that like might not have like a hundred reviews because they're brand new, but they are maybe the best match for someone who's looking for something specific. Well, there's a lot to work on, isn't there? Oh yeah. I, I mean, like, you know, we have a feature list that's just goes on forever, but you know, I mean, uh, and we keep adding to it because we just, you know, we want to make this the best product it can ever be. Well, I think as far as a technology company goes, that's a great way to approach things. Definitely a good place to start from. Thank you. And I'm I'm also very excited that you're taking the uh, you know the direct feedback from your customers and kind of using that to inform what your your future direction is. Oh yeah. It, it, users are are like all the changes, we, all the 
everything we've developed is because like we're like what can we automate for our users what can we uh, um, uh you know improve like quality of life and then how can we make sure that they make you know they get people signed up for their games because making money is 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 where a lot of the gms come in there but making money also uh is the same measurement that we apply to people joining games whether it be free or paid so if you get if you get people in your seats because you you want to you know charge for them or have them for free that's what we want to see uh if we've made your life easier and you improve the quality of life as a professional game master or, or just game master great and then if we could uh um reduce the amount of stuff you need to do uh even better all right, so I, we already mentioned a little bit, but uh, you know, like what's the link? Where can people go to get started to uh, sign up and do all that good stuff? Uh, yeah, very easy. Just head over to startplaying.games uh, and uh, sign up for an account, and then you can join as a game master. Uh, of course, when you join, you, you'll get an email from uh, uh, me or Nate uh, welcoming you to uh, the uh, welcoming you to the fold, uh, welcoming you to the Start Playing team. And uh, and you're, anyone uh, that's listening to this wants to reach out, schedule some time with me. You're more than welcome to. Uh, we try to be very um, uh, accessible to our users. Um, but again, Tom, thank you for uh, you know having me and let me talk a little bit about Star Playing and what we can do with uh, with uh, friendly local game stores. Yeah, I'm always happy to talk about the business of games, and, and this is exactly what we're doing right now. So I'm glad that you came on and gave us your time and and, and you know shared us shared with the audience this really cool platform that you're building, and I think you're making something very interesting happen. And I think there's going to be a lot. Uh, a lot that game store owners can can benefit from if they explore some of the options and, and see what's going on. So, thanks for coming on. Do you have any parting words of wisdom um, for the audience? I, I think the, the the last thing I'll say is you know I I think we play games because we love what games do for us. Um, they create communities and uh, the joy we get from them is, is is second to nothing I can count on. So, let's keep playing games. One more follow-up question. Yeah. Just thought about it. It's usually what I ask game store owners. I, I think it's applicable here. Oh, yeah. It's normally the question that I wrap things up with. So, you know, we're, we're all talking about the business of games and business in general and just kind of making things happen. But uh, the idea of success is, is a pretty nebulous, personalized term, right? Yeah. So someone's success may be someone else's failure. So my question would be, what does success look like to you? Um, a success looks like to me is 10 million people playing games that weren't playing games before. Um, if we could see 10 million people that are new to the hobby join and start playing games, I think that's only going to do great things for our communities. Shooting for the stars. I like it. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you very much for coming on the show. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Be sure to go check out startplaying.games and, uh, and sign up today. Thanks for listening to today's interview with Devin Chulik. Make sure you check out startplaying.games and find out how you can use the platform to create a thriving community of RPG gamers for your business. I'm definitely looking forward to see how it develops over time. All of the links will be in the show notes for today's podcast, which you can find at manoversaga.com forward slash MVP093. Remember, there's always room to improve and opportunities available. If you want to be part of a community on your business journey to share ideas with and continue learning, you can become a member of the Maniverse Network by going to manoversaga.com forward slash join. That's where you can get access to all the seminars from the recent LGS Success Summit, as well as additional exclusive content. Until next time, I'm Tom Traplin, and I've been your host. Thank you for listening. And I'll see you in the next episode of the Maniverse Podcast.